I invite you to take your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 this evening. Philippians chapter 1, I want to talk to you tonight about a confident journey that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember, Pastor, obviously in your prayers that God would raise him up. It's no fun being sick. I'm so happy that most of the time I'm on this side of sickness, not on the other side. I really feel for people when they're hurting and not feeling well, uh, but, uh, so I'm happy for the, the doctoring side of it, uh, but every now and then we come down with something and it kind of jerks you back into reality that uh, this is what a lot of the people that I see deal with. So just remember, Pastor, that uh, the Lord would raise him up according to his will and he'd be back with us. But in Philippians chapter 1, one of my favorite verses in the Word of God is verse 6. My life verse is Psalm 27, 4, uh, in one of my favorite psalms as well, Psalm 27, but 27, 4. But another favorite verse that I have is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And what I'd like to do tonight is walk you through verse 6 through 8, uh, staying basically right there in the book of Philippians, uh, time permitting tonight. Uh, we'll get through all 80 points uh, in regards to a confident journey. And I know you want all 80. I don't want to shortchange you and just give you 78. Uh, we want to get all 80 across to you tonight. So bear with me, and uh, we'll get done. We'll suffer for the Lord Jesus tonight, right? Like we know what it is to suffer. I mean, generally speaking, you know what I'm talking about. In Philippians chapter 1, let me read verse 6, 7, and 8, and then have a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into our message tonight. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, insomuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. Verse 8, for God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we again approach your throne of grace in the name of Jesus Christ, asking you please to meet with us tonight. Holy Spirit, would you please use me and be in these that are listening so that we can all benefit eternally, spiritually tonight from the preaching of your word. We know that without you, we can do nothing of eternal significance. So, Father, we commit this time to you so that you would, with your power and grace, work in our lives. Father, I cannot change a life, but you can. You can redeem a life. You can restore a soul. You can encourage and excite us in the cause of Christ. So I pray you'll do so tonight. Be with our pastor. I pray that you'd raise him up according to your will, bring him back to us. And, Father, tonight, I pray that you would maximize the message and minimize the messenger, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We see in verse 6 of Philippians chapter 1, let me read it again, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, discussing a confident journey that you and I have 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, as he's writing to the church at Philippi, is not talking about self-confidence. Uh, we should not have self-confidence when it comes to spiritual matters. Our confidence should be in the Lord. However, the world promotes self-confidence. Uh, the world promotes self-motivation, uh, self-help groups they'll have uh, today. And do it your own self or do it yourself. Now, doing it yourself, building a bookshelf is wonderful. But doing it yourself in spiritual walk and in spiritual fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ is disastrous. Because you and I cannot do it ourselves. We need the Lord Jesus Christ every step of the way, and our confidence should be in Him. God really wants the end of self for us. He doesn't want the beginning of it. We are not all sufficient. Uh, sometimes we think that we're the captain of our ship, uh, you know, in charge of our own destiny. But as you have heard before, you cannot take the next breath of air without God's permission. And in fact, God owns the air that you're breathing. Your heart, even though God has put a pacemaker in the heart itself, uh, that heart will not beat unless God says it to beat. We are not self-sufficient. We are sufficient on the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible does say that without Him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. So, so our confidence needs to be taken away from our own ability, uh, our own knowledge base, our own wisdom based, and placed on the Lord Jesus Christ, as it is for salvation, but also as it is for our daily walk. Colossians 2.6 tells us, As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, and how have we received him? By faith. As ye have received the, uh, Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. We're saved by faith, and we know that we should walk by faith. And Paul, loving the church at Philippi, loving the people in the church at Philippi, wanted them to realize that no matter what they faced, they can have confidence in their God. That God would be with them. That God will see them through have that wonderful confidence. And so the first thing I want to share with you tonight is the believer's confidence. The believer's confidence. And that word confidence means trust or that you are fully persuaded in that matter. And we are to have that type of trust and be fully persuaded that God is able to be with us, that God will see us through. And as we look at the believer's confidence, I want to look at the originator of the work that is being done in our life, as Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 tells us, and that is God himself. It says again, being confident of this very thing, that he, and the he that he's talking about there is God. God is the originator of of the work that has begun in us, and that work starts with salvation. And we want to make clear and plain, it's the heartbeat of this ministry, that everyone in this room tonight knows Jesus Christ personally as their Savior. You never want to take it for granted in a group like this that everyone is a child of God. And the work he's talking about in Philippians 1 Verse 6 
is talking about the beginning that he began. God began a work in you. God began a work in me at the time of salvation. And I pray that that work has begun in all of you tonight. That all of you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Never allow your salvation to get old and stagnant. As Pastor Moon was saying about communion, never lose sight of the fact of what Jesus Christ did for us. I thought about it this morning during the preaching uh, when Joseph was in prison and the baker and the butler demonstrated their uh, dream to him and he interpreted their dream. Uh, the baker was going to be killed uh, the butler was restored. But Joseph asked the butler, when you're restored, please remember me. And it took him two years, basically, before he said, today I remember my fault. Never lose sight of your salvation. How precious it is that Jesus Christ bled and died for you he did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. Praise the Lord, we are not threatened by hell anymore, but we have a wonderful home with the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever. This is the work that God began in us. I pray that God has begun it in you as well, and he's telling us to have confidence in that God. God is the originator, and we know as we study, preach, and teach the Word of God that what God fin starts, God finishes. What God starts, he finishes. The devil wants you to think that God is done with you. God's not done with you. God's not finished with you. We are all a work in progress. And one day we'll be like him, as the Bible tells us, but that one day is not now. But God is still working in us, but the devil is going to say, you've thought something, you've said something, you've done something, and because of those thoughts, those words, those actions, God has put you to the side, God is done with you, God is finished with you. If you come with a repentant heart back to your Savior, my friends, as, as was already said, the relationship is there, but the fellowship can be restored. Don't allow the devil to take that joy from your life. God's not done with you. He's the originator, and he will finish the work in you. It says if you just go over a chapter in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it more emphatically answers the question who the he is, although we already know it's God, the originator of this work, of the believer's confidence, but it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For it is God, very emphatically there, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God not only gives you the desire to do right, to live right, to live according to the standards of the Bible, but he will give you the power to do so, not only to will, but to do of his good pleasure. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. So realize that God is the originator. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot sanctify ourselves. It is God who is the originator of the work of the believer's confidence. And also, as we walk our way through this verse, the, not only 
the originator of the work, but the operation of the work, as it says there in verse 6 once again, being confident of this very thing that he, which is God, hath begun. Remember when you receive Christ as your Savior? How most of us desired others to know Jesus Christ as Savior. We had a very uh, intense passion that as we came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior, so other family members would come to that saving knowledge, that other friends would come to that saving knowledge. We had a great desire, and that is part of the beginning of that work. And we should have a similar, if not more intense desire to see others saved, even if we've been saved for years and years and years and years. We have to be careful that we do not become casual in our Christianity. Jesus performs this work in us. It's not my strength. It's God's strength working in us. That's why Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the faith, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is God's life, not mine. And I need to let God, through his Holy Spirit, work in my life. If God brings me to it, God will bring me through it. If God brings me to it, then God will bring me through it. God wants to work in our lives. He's the originator of the work. And the operation of the work is God working in us to demonstrate his glory, to demonstrate his mercy, his grace, his love, his forgiveness to a lost and dying world. It says in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It tells us in Ephesians 2.10, a verse that we know, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, and those are wonderful soul-winning verses that we all need to know and utilize as we're out there witnessing for the cause of Christ. Uh, but don't forget verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Salvation is just the beginning. He's the originator of the work. But the operation of the work is God working in us to glorify himself uh, to a lost and dying world. And then the outcome of the work, he says in verse 6 again, that he will perform it. He will bring it to an expected end. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, let me just read these verses for you. In whom ye also trusted... After that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Jesus Christ, God the Father, is the originator. He is the one working in us, and he will finish the course. Don't ever doubt that in your life. There's a lot of people that like to have a back door in their life so that if they're pursuing this and something happens, there's a back door of escape. Thank God he doesn't have a back door. Things are not going to fall apart and where God throws up his hands and says, oh my, what happened? I don't understand this and walk out the back door and leave us hanging. 
That's not our God, praise the Lord. The outcome of the work, he will bring it to an expected end, and that is to be with him in glory forever and ever. Where you are right now is not the end of the story. There's a lot more to come, and a lot of glory that we're going to see in the Lord Jesus Christ, realizing that in the situations and struggles we find ourselves in on a daily basis, the Lord is our helper. He will bring us all the way through. Never doubt that. Pillow your head tonight, realizing that God is able to start with salvation and he's able to bring us all the way through. Never doubt it. Never consider another alternative. God is able. Secondly, not only the believer's confidence, but the believer's comfort. Paul had a desire for these believers at Philippi to be comforted. It's like a little story, a four-year-old grandchild, granddaughter, <clears throat> accidentally locked herself in the bathroom, and grandma comes and is trying to get the grandchild, the granddaughter, out of the bathroom, and she wants to comfort uh, the grandchild daughter because she's starting to cry a little bit thinking you know at that age that you're going to be locked in the bathroom forever that's their thought process so the grandmother uh, in in words of comfort says honey God's in there with you and the granddaughter says yeah I know but he wants out too <laughs> but the grandmother desired to comfort her, her granddaughter, and Paul, in verse 7, wants to comfort these believers at the church of Philippi. It says, even as it is meet, verse 7, for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, he had these believers in his heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. Paul desired that these believers would be comforted because realizing they were living in a hostile political environment with Rome being the power at that time and also not only they were in a hostile political environment but their beloved founder, their beloved uh, apostle the Apostle Paul was in prison. And so he's writing to them, don't find your confidence in the political world. And my friends, don't find confidence in the political world of our day. That's, that, that is not the answer. Uh, don't find your confidence in man or woman. As Paul is saying, I'm in prison, I'm locked up, <clears throat> I don't have my freedom. And by the way, your confidence shouldn't be in me, Paul is saying. Your confidence, according to verse 6, should be in God, the one that began the work, the one that is working, and the one that will finish the work completely. And he wanted to instill in these believers some comfort in their heart. And you and I should also have a desire that other believers in Christ are comforted and we can play a role in that comfort as we're used by the Holy Spirit of God. Some of you have been through some very horrific medical things. And you can minister and you can comfort others 
that are going through similar situations that you went through that I cannot minister to as effectively as you can. I can minister, as you know, to people that have had kidney stones. I, I got that one down six times over. I can minister. I can be compassionate. I can be empathetic. But there are a lot of things that I've not experienced that you have by God's ordained will. And as Paul desired for these believers to be comforted, so utilize what God has put you through so that you can be an instrument of God and comfort others. It says in 1 John 3, 14, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. We should have a love, uh, a desire to comfort others, and also we need to have confidence not only that God started the work, God is working in our life, God's going to finish the work, but that God through his Holy Spirit will comfort us when we need it. And is there not... A lot of times when you need some comfort. I'm thinking about my day tomorrow. I told Linda about 5 o'clock this afternoon, thinking about preaching tonight. Man, I've got tomorrow on my mind. And you don't want that when you're teaching or preaching the Word of God. You want your mind to be clear. Uh, and I said, I've got tomorrow on my mind. I've <clears throat> already, uh, I, I go to three uh, rehabs besides the office and I already have four admissions already called in and just about five minutes ago when I'm preaching my phone is going off and I know that's one of them with probably another admission and then Linda in her infinite wisdom says you know when you're weak God's strong and I said you're exactly right but I would like some comfort, and I know you would too. No matter how stoic we want to present ourselves, most of us in here are in deep need of some comfort from the Holy Spirit of God. Because we're all burdened, whether it be physical, psychological, or spiritual. Are we not all dealing with issues and struggles and the sin that doth so easily beset us. And my friends, I have that besetting sin. You have that besetting sin. And we need comfort and encouragement and strength from God. God started the work with salvation. He's working in our lives now. He's going to take us to the end, praise God. And he also, we can have confidence in our God that he's not only going to finish the work in our lives, but that he's going to give us the comfort we need. And he knows how exactly to give that comfort. And you and I can be instruments in giving that comfort if God leads in our lives to help other people. And then lastly, not only the believer's confidence but the believer's comfort, but the believer's compassion, as we see in verse 8. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Now, bowels there, you know, when I think of bowels, I'm thinking in small intestines, large intestines. That's, that's what I think when he says bowels. But he's talking about the heart the innermost emotions of a person. I don't recommend, men, that you go to your wives and 
say that, uh, you know, my bowels are moved by you. I don't recommend that at all. We wouldn't say that, and uh, it would not come across appropriately in our culture. We would say, uh, my heart is moved by you. Uh, my innermost thoughts are moved by you. But this is what the culture uh, would say back when Paul wrote the book to the church of Philippi, that his bowels here, or the bowels that says in verse 8, in the bowels of Jesus Christ, we need to have compassion for each other. It says in Philippians 2.17, if you want to just, again, flip over one chapter, Paul talking, Paul loved these men and women with a Christ-like love. And my friends, we need, to have, we need to have a passion for God and compassion for others. It says in Philippians 2.17, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. If I go to death because of my ministry to you, he says, I joy and I joy with you guys. I, I just joy in it. That's compassion. And again, we need to have a passion for God and we need to have compassion for each other. There are individuals in this auditorium tonight, I don't know specifics, but need some compassion from a brother or sister in Christ. A lovingly shaking of the hand, a, a lovingly, spiritually, obviously, lovingly hug from someone, a kind, gentle word, of encouragement. There are people, if not all of us, that need that tonight. I know that after Sunday school this morning, uh, several people, because you're always wondering as you teach and preach, you know, did you come across appropriately? Was it clear? Was it concise? And I always get my information from my wife, and like I said, I've never given a bad lesson or message, so I praise the Lord for that. And tonight will be just the same. Praise the Lord. But you know how much it means, and we give all the glory to God. When just someone comes up after Sunday school or when we're milling around in the auditorium, before the service starts, and they'll say, I enjoyed that this morning. I've had a, a person a few weeks ago say, that was exactly what I needed. And all that does, it just reconfirms to the speaker, whoever it might be, that they were used of God, and that's all we want, right, Brother Moon? You just want to be a conduit of God, the Holy Spirit, to others. And I always say, I appreciate your kind words, praise the Lord, glory to God. But not only do I need that, not only does Pastor Lytell need that, not only does Brother Moon and Brother Chris 
and whoever your Sunday school teacher is or whoever else, what else is going on in your ministry, but all of us need that. Those kind, gentle, God-encouraging words. And we need to have compassion. Not only confidence that God has begun a good work in you, and my friend, salvation's a good work. It's a good work. Has God begun that work in you tonight is the first foundational question to make sure you know you're a child of God. If God has begun that work in you, have confidence, my friends, that he is still working. He wants to continue to work in your life as we submit to him and that he will take us all the way through. And realize, have that confidence that he is working, will work, and will continue to work in our lives, but have that same confidence that he wants to comfort us through his Holy Spirit. And go to him. Let him know your deepest needs and allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you and allow the Holy Spirit to bring others into your life that can comfort you as well. And then may we be confident that we need not only to give compassion, but we also need to receive compassion from others. So I, I, I recommend that you get up tomorrow morning. I highly recommend that. Just like I tell my patients, I'll be listening to their heart. It's really funny because I'll, I'll be listening to a heart, and you really don't want to hear the breathing. Uh, but, you know, people will start breathing real heavy, and, and I, then I can't hear the heart. Uh, when I'm trying to listen to the heart. And so when I'm listening to the front side of the chest, which is the heart on the left side, uh, some people will say, should I breathe? And I always say, I highly recommend that you breathe, yes. I mean, that's a firm foundational recommendation from Dr. Crabb that you breathe. And I highly recommend that you wake up in the morning unless it's God's time for you to go. Enjoy the trip. Enjoy the destination if you do. We'll all meet there one day and praise the Lord. And as Brother Moon said, we'll be able, isn't it going to be nice one day to worship the Lord without sin? What a day that's going to be. So get up tomorrow with confidence. No matter what you have going on, whether it be work, school, other responsibilities in your life, Get up with confidence that God wants to use tomorrow to work in your life. Tomorrow is a day. I think of it, oh, my soul, I've got at least four, if not more, admissions waiting for me. But I need not focus on that. I need to focus on there are people out there that are lost, that need Christ as Savior. And there are children of God that need me to come by and have compassion on them and encourage them. And not only it goes for my life, it goes for yours too. Allow God to keep working in your life. Allow him to submit to him tonight. So that tomorrow, or the rest of today into tomorrow, that God will be able to work in our life and that we would pray, Heavenly Father, work in my life today and show forth your glory in my life. You know, the world, the creation, demonstrates God's might and majesty and power. 
But you and I as believers, we demonstrate God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. And you bring those together, you couple those together, and that's a mighty message that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. So be confident in the work that God's doing. Be confident that God does want to comfort you and use you to comfort others. And be confident that, thank God, He's had compassion on us. May we, tonight, tomorrow, why don't we demonstrate some of that compassion to other brothers and sisters in Christ and to the lost soul that might enter our life throughout the next few hours? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word tonight. Father, we pray at gospel that everybody here knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. If not, that tonight the Holy Spirit would work in their heart and draw them to you, that they would repent of their sin and place their faith in the only Savior, which is Jesus Christ. And for your children tonight, help us walk out of here not cocky, but confident in you. Not confident in us, but confident in, in you, Heavenly Father, that you have begun a work in us, you're working in our hearts right now, in our lives, and that you'll take us all the way to the end. And there may be some tonight that need some comforting. And Heavenly Father, help us be confident that you'll give us that comfort when we come to your throne of grace. And again, thank you for the compassion you've demonstrated towards us. Help us now demonstrate that same type of compassion to others that we come in contact with tonight and throughout this week. Father, as we have a time of invitation, would you work in all of our lives? Help us all submit to the will and way of God tonight. May the Lord Jesus Christ be glorified. May your will be done. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'd all stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.